Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of Chatting with Charlie. My name's Livy, but I thought Charlie might be a fun <laughs> alias and I also like the alliteration. So in this podcast I'm planning on talking about mental health, mental illness, um talking about some stigmatized topics. I'd like to have some interviews with people. Um, I'm going to talk a lot about sexuality and gender. I'll focus maybe on some ADHD. Um, and yes, I'd love to have some guests and chat with you about these topics. So this first episode is going to be a bit different. I thought I'd tell you a little bit about myself. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not listing facts about my life because it's not a job interview. Although, well, it kind of is because this first episode is supposed to be so funny and charming and interesting that you want to listen to me again. <laughs> so, no pressure, eh? So, I'm going to talk about philosophy and why nothing matters and why everything matters and how that makes sense in my brain. Nihilism. I am nihilistic. In my opinion, nothing matters. We are but a speck of dust floating through time and space. We have no reason or direction. The universe doesn't care. It doesn't care if the oceans rise or if we fall in love. The universe can't care because it is not a sentient being. Many mistake my nihilism for pessimism, but I prefer to call myself a realist. And again, many argue with me and say that is an incredibly conceited way to think. Because it may be my reality, but I cannot generalise it for everyone. And they are probably right. That's what it is, my reality. Not more, not less. Nothing matters because nothing matters and that is not inherently bad. I'm not saying that our actions don't have consequences. I'm not saying that everything is hopeless. In fact, I believe the opposite. Nihilism gives me hope. It gives me comfort. It is a belief system, a net to fall back on. The world can, see, can seem bleak and damaged and broken. We can feel lost and small and unimportant. And nihilism agrees with these feelings. We are small and unimportant in the grand scheme of things. Depression feeds off hope. I am an analytical person and the rational part of me is telling me that depression is not a sentient being and doesn't feed off anything. Depression doesn't care. It's an evolutionary curse given to those blessed with a brain. Again, the emotional part of me is using words like curse or blessing. When in fact it is neither of those. Making me depressed was not an active decision by someone. <laughs> Giving me a brain, not somebody's gift. That I exist is a matter of complete chance, and the fact that I'm burdened with depression is due to bad luck. It is also much more complex than that, because I didn't fall from the heavens and ta-da, here I am. Neither did my depression come out of nowhere. Well, rationally, I came from my parents, you know, the birds and the bees, and they came from their parents, and so on. And well, as a biologist, my belief of where their ancestors came from is told by the theory of evolution. 
As for the depression, well, there are numerous reasons. Depression is rising in the entire world, and the reasons are many. Do you want a neuropsychological explanation? Do you want to hear about my childhood trauma, maybe? Well, it's not that type of podcast, <laughs> at least not yet. Or we could go further and look back at unresolved family trauma passed from generation to generation through learnt behaviour and genetics. Or we could look at the evolutionary origin of depression. So quickly we see it's not actually all that simple. Because if one minor thing was different millions of years ago, I wouldn't be sitting here writing this text, which has little function apart from making me feel philosophical and deep, and help me not concentrate on the seemingly important things, like writing my thesis or doing the dishes. And I probably wouldn't be depressed. And as beings, cursed or maybe blessed or maybe just chanced with a big brain, we have the ability to think all of these things. And if billions of years led to me sitting here making myself feel better by telling you my random thoughts, then there must be a reason. It cannot be pure chance that I am here. I must serve some greater purpose. And this is where belief comes in and why I think that nihilism is a belief set. We have developed this brain, which makes us spend too much time thinking about, well, everything. And we want an explanation which makes sense to us. Philosophers, scientists, scholars, and thanks to the internet, Tim from next door, are arguing about the important things in life. Ranging from, where did we come from, to, oh, her boobs looked fantastic in that dress. And there will be things we agreed on. That dress looked fabulous, and other things we don't. The discussions, albeit with very different topics and arguments, all look astonishingly similar. We have this inherent bias that people qualified to make such arguments do it much better than Karen when she argues with a stranger on Facebook. But in reality, it all looks kind of the same. Humans like to be right. It gives us a burst of joy, of fulfilment, of satisfaction. We have another bias, another inherent bias, the one in our own head. We alone did the work. We came up with these thoughts. We reasoned them. We applied them to everyone in this world. Well, we stood in the shower, singing a bit too loudly, and applied them to our limited experience. But we did that really thoroughly. So now we have our well-crafted arguments and we know we are right. Full of motivation, we go out to prove to everyone else how right we are. Of course, how this preparation for a debate, sorry, how this preparation for a debate actually goes depends on the setting and who is involved. Next to the shower thoughts, a very well-prepared person might skim the Wikipedia page or even print a skewed statistic. Jokes aside, we can't prove how the world works. Yes, I am a science student, and for me, the scientific method seems like the best way to explain the world. I like numbers and measuring things and doing the same thing over and over and hoping the results stay the same. Einstein might think that makes me insane, and maybe he's right. But then again, there is no proof he actually said that. But the decision to not fact check it gives me joy because believing someone as seemingly important as Einstein has opinions about what I do every day boosts my ego. 
But in science, we don't talk about proof. Personally, for me, I think science explains things best because it tries to be impartial. It is supposed to be impartial and always improving. And if older discoveries are falsified, they're adapted. But to believe in science means believing and trusting other people. I pretend to have knowledge about mental illnesses because I like reading about them and, well, I suffer from them. I believe in neurons and neurotransmitters and how they work, but I've never actually seen a sodium-potassium pump, so I guess I'll just have to trust that they exist. And for some people, science makes no sense. They're sure God created us and left nothing up to chance. And I can fight those people for the rest of my life, and we will probably never agree on the big hows and whys of life. So we quickly dismiss these people as stupid or naive. But what would you say if I told you that those with a religious belief system commit suicide less frequently? And as much as these questions burn on our brain and we want an answer, does dismissing a whole group of people actually help answer the questions? Does it really matter all that much? No, because as much as it does matter, nothing matters. I find it strangely comforting that I believe that nothing matters. Because sure, things might feel impossible and shit now, but in the long run, nothing I do matters. It may seem really awful to fail that exam now, but when Earth is swallowed by the sun, it won't matter. And if I make a bad decision now, I can always tell myself it doesn't matter. Many people won't agree with me and say, yes, but this principle is much too basic. Mm, what we do won't matter when the sun is swallowed by the earth, but nothing matters when the sun is swallowed by the earth. And it does have real life consequences now for me, for you and for those around us. And if I can help one single person, then it must be better than nothing. And I agree. Well, emotionally at least. Rationally, I say it is completely random that you crossed paths. And in the long run, what does better than nothing even mean? What effects will this action have hundreds or even thousands of years from now? We can't say. But this hypothetical person would tell me, but we live now, not thousands of years in the future, and it affects us and them now, and that is important. And here I wholeheartedly agree, because as much as nothing matters, everything matters. And if we don't believe that anything matters, we lose hope. And if we don't have any hope left, there's not much point in living. And if we don't believe that we'll get better for our children... Or maybe for us later in life, or in heaven after death, then there isn't that much point in living. If you ask a biologist, what is the point of living? She'll say, to procreate, to pass on our genes, and then to die. If you ask the theist or philosopher, you might get a more complicated, nuanced answer. But again, it doesn't really matter what they say, because as long as you have a belief to hold on to, be it God, or science, or that you make a difference in this world, or that things can get better, well, as long as you have an ounce of hope left, you see, life is worth living. And I know my words can be twisted into saying that we should live in chaos. 
And it's fine to kill people or do evil because, well, nothing matters. And that is obviously not true. Every action has a consequence, which has a consequence, which has a consequence, which spins our lives into an intricate web of actions and effects until it's so tangled it can feel suffocating. The way we act affects ourselves and others. And just because nothing matters in the grand scheme of things doesn't mean that you don't matter. Well, this is it. This is the first episode of Chatting with Charlie. And yeah, I hope I could give you some (laughs) insight into the weird things going on in my brain. So I have got an interview planned about um, what it's like to have a queer child and sort of the parents' point of view on that, if you would like to give a listen. I would like to record that sometime in the near future. And yes, I hope you enjoyed this. Thank you very much for listening.